0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lovely Digest. Today, I am pleased to present Bridget Thompson, who is a coach, a writer, and a teacher. Her work is rooted in a personal daily embodiment practice. And her little reminder to everyone is to notice the places in your body where you can let go a little, lower your shoulders, relax your jaw, soften the muscles in your face return to this practice throughout the day. And we just had the most amazing conversation. We talked a little bit about this, about feeling into your body, about her journey, to having to sell her house, to writing two books on finances and how she has reworked her money mindset and to be something that is super empowering. And so this is such a truly special episode. We talked for a while, so I am splitting this episode into two parts, just so you can really digest what she is saying, because I think it is so important for everyone to hear. We talked a lot about how to build resilience, how to move through those really hard survival emotions that can come around money, especially when times are very difficult, which I know We especially have been going through such a tumultuous time in the last few years with everything going on. Our finances have been up and down. Many careers have been shifted. Many people lost their jobs. So I felt like this was the perfect time to talk about finances. They're such a key and crucial part of wellness and well-being and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. So with that, you don't need to listen to me talk all day. I am going to share with you the first episode and next week we will be going straight into the next episode and then I will wrap things up with a little conclusion. And thank you so much for Bridget for joining us here today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here Um, to dive right in. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your background and your journey to writing Trust Yourself With Money? Oh
1: yes. Um first of all, thank you for having me, Emily. I'm so glad to talk to you and so glad to be able to share um on your platform and talk about these really important and poignant and personal ideas about the body and money and work and how we navigate tough times. Yes. Um I wrote Trust Yourself with Money. Uh, to reflect on a really difficult time in my life and to make sense of it. I was in my late 30s when the 2008 recession hit and I was a self-employed graphic designer and I was really struggling with, like a lot of my friends who were photographers and illustrators and creative people, I had a lot of artsy friends and we were all noticing a change in business around that time. Mm. At first, I didn't really think it would affect me. I just was a little bit out of touch with how it would kind of um, land in my life as an issue, all of the global issues that were happening. I was aware that they were happening, but I didn't really connect the dots Mm. until I started to see my business slow down. So trust yourself with money opens with that story of being in that space where I was self employed. I was having a hard time paying my mortgage. I was not really sure what to do. And the book goes on to really explore how I looked at my own thinking, my own behavior, my own way of making sense of the world Mm. to start to shift my experience, not in a perfect way, like before and after, (laughs) but in a kind of real life, real time gradual way i started mm-hmm. to inquire i started to investigate i started to ask myself questions so i'm now 53 years old so this story you know about selling my home and what it was like and getting out of debt and all of that it's um a really personal tender story and i will say having written the book It's an ongoing journey for me to continue to heal my wounds with work and money. And it's led me to an amazing place where I'm starting to pay more attention to somatic work, embodiment, what I'm feeling in my body and how that affects my choices. Mm -hmm. So my work today is as a coach and I continue to write and I continue to explore all these different topics.
0: I love that. And I was reading in your book that you said that you kind of have explored a bunch of different healing modalities and wellness practices. What are some that maybe have really stuck with you the most, would you say?
1: Oh, that is such, I mean, I've been exploring personal development, inner work, spiritual work. Healing for twenty plus years mm. since my early thirties. So, um, I've done everything. <laughs> I've done everything. I've done everything. I've done yoga, tai chi, um, tapping, um, meditating, journaling, coaching, therapy. I've done it. Every- I've done done it all. I've done everything. But what's really alive for me right now is somatic work. Soma hmm. means body. And um, I took a course about two years ago, now going on two and a half years ago, with a wonderful teacher who is a somatic educator, Luis Mojica is his name. And he gave this six-week class about trauma healing. And I was just starting to understand the language of the nervous system and trauma and trauma responses and fight. Flight, freeze, and all that. I didn't have that language. Mm. So I would say that that's what's really alive for me now and influencing the direction of my life, the direction of my work right now. And interestingly, when I go back and look at Trust Yourself with Money, which I wrote before I encountered any of that, there's a lot of somatic language in that book. I talk about how my body felt when I was frozen, looking at Am I really going to have to sell my house? Am I going to lose my house? What hmm. am I going to do? I don't want to get a roommate. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You know, how am I going to change myself? Yeah. And there was a lot of, um, a kind of, there was a lot of freeze in my experience. I had a kind of frozen feeling like I was stuck, like I didn't know what to do. And many, many years later, I understood, oh. That's a trauma response.
0: Mm. You know,
1: that's the freeze response. And there are a lot of ways that we react when we encounter a lot of activation in the body, like too much overwhelm. Right. And so I would say somatic awareness and embodiment practices, just noticing, oh, what am I feeling right now in my body? Oh, right. I have a body. Okay. What's happening in my belly? what's happening in my shoulders. Simple questions like that, I think are so transformational while we're figuring out what to do with anything in our lives.
0: Right. I love that because that's something that I had to kind of relearn when I got Crohn's. It was going from my body as a machine in order to get me through every single day to, oh, it's reflecting how I'm feeling mentally. Now, all of a sudden I'm having pain in my gut and where do I feel anxiety in my gut? So instead of coping with my anxiety and helping that and getting through that and acknowledging it, I was just kind of like overriding it and, oh, if I just go to bed, then I'll wake up and I'll feel better. And instead of just addressing it and actually feeling into my body, And it's been kind of an everyday practice of reminding myself to acknowledge how I'm feeling. So I I love that you say that because I think acknowledging yourself and instead of pushing yourself and feeling like you could be doing better, knowing that you are where you're meant to be right now and taking a minute to honor that and just sit with what got you to this place in life really helps open a lot of doors for mm-hmm. moving
1: forward. That is so beautiful. And I also want to say and add to that that's not easy. No. It sounds easy, right? But oh, just notice what you're feeling in your body. As soon as you notice what you're feeling in your body, your attention goes to something else. It's very slippery. <laughs> so it the is. work of being in your body is work. You know, it's, it's replenishing and nourishing and grounding, and it takes effort too. and mm. takes energy. I found when I first started doing that work, I was literally thirsty. Like I needed water. <laughs> like I needed to, I needed to hydrate myself from being in my body, you know, just, and by being in my body, I mean, just putting attention on my body, mm. bringing my attention back to the body. Mm. i noticed i need to rest i need water this is work this takes energy and effort it sounds simple but it's an expenditure of energy it's an investment it is and with very (laughs) rich rewards but still it takes energy
0: it does. Yeah, I know sometimes I'll get headaches after I don't meditate for a while and then Ooh. coming back to it. And I think that can feel off-putting, but that doesn't last forever. It takes, I think, getting over the hump and sticking with it for a while. Yeah. The getting thirsty is hilarious because I <laughs> definitely see that. <laughs> like, oh, wait, I have all of these bodily needs that I've been putting off and Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That interaction with the body is so basic to everything. To everything. So it was interesting to look at my journey with work and money and survival through the lens of my body. Mm -hmm. And that's what I continue to do. How do I live? What is my work? How does my work feel? What are the relationships like that I'm in and how do they feel? How Mm. am I handling the things people say, the things people do? How am I handling it in my body? Yes. That's a really interesting question to me. And that's the continuation of the work that I started when I wrote trust yourself with money. At that time, I was just like, why can't I get this right? (laughs) (laughs) And so I started with one simple thing. Okay, I'm just going to write down what I spend every day. I started with that practice of not, not manually with a pen and paper, but in a document on my computer, Mm. just the date, what I bought and the amount. I just started that practice and I did that every day. And it's, I don't know, eight, eight, nine years later, and I'm still doing it. Wow. It it orients me. It keeps me awake and in touch with what I'm doing. And that was one of the core messages in that book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pay attention to what you are doing. Yes. Just make room for that information about what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. And Who's use that as a way scene? to orient yourself.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about To Be Magnetic, something that you have heard me talk about so many times, but I wanted to share a bit of a new story with you guys about some recent manifestations and some things that I have learned from being a member at TBM. If you're not familiar with TBM, you're new here, maybe you haven't heard me talk about it before. It's a platform that uh, focuses on healing Mindfulness meditations called deep imaginings that really employ the use of EMDR therapy, of tapping, and of a bunch of different modalities that are proven with neuroscience to stimulate and promote calling the things in that you want in your life into your life faster by focusing on rewiring your subconscious beliefs. So, one belief that I've carried with me relates to this month's finance talk. And that is that I needed to be older to have a bunch of experience in order to start my own business and be successful. And lately, I've had the opportunity of talking with some recent alumni of the business incubator that I took a couple of years ago. And their feedback is that I seem very confident, and my response is always the same, that it's been a really long journey to get here, and I still don't feel very confident. I can definitely, looking backwards, see the changes, but that is truly because of my relationship with be Magnetic and maintaining a consistent practice, which I have dropped off recently, and that's part of this story, where... I, because I've dropped off, I've noticed a lot of creeping feelings of anxiety around money. I have seen several clients drop off. Just naturally, nothing bad has happened per se, but it just feels like the work is drying up and it's kind of like there's a pause. And before, I would have gotten super nervous, really panicked. And felt like the rug was being pulled out from underneath me. And what I have learned is true resilience, something that we talk about in episode 53. And I just wanted to bring attention to the fact that no one's perfect, but maintaining this practice helps to promote and contribute to your feelings of confidence and resilience and helps you build that super quickly. So when I first started meditating, I needed a car and I started doing To Be Magnetic's Inner Child and then I did Shadow. These are different modules in To Be Magnetic in the Pathway program and then I moved on to Money. And one huge thing that I realized when doing this module is that I remembered a mentor of mine who I really respected and looked up to when I was seven years old, said, what do you want to do when you're older? And I said, well, I really am good at math and science. I already had some programming, which is just crazy to know that at that age, society had set such an impact on me that I knew that careers in science and math did better than maybe in the arts. And I said, well, I know that I'm good at that, but it doesn't really bring me joy as much as painting and art does. And the person that I was talking to, my mentor said, well, yeah, so if you want a horse, then you need to have a real job on the side. And that stuck with me. And while on the outside, I can say, that I know that that's not true and that I've seen people on Instagram in my life go on and be successful artists. There is always that element of doubt on whether I was good enough to do that. And this experience really stuck with me. It's something that I really believed. And so that is something that I ended up working through. And so quickly after doing this workshop and working through that feeling and really feeling how i felt as that seven year old child hearing that and all the emotions that come along with that including grief and shame and fear and anxiety and feeling like i have to do something that doesn't bring me joy in order to make money which is it couldn't be farther from the truth i started to look for a car and it took about 6 months but i found my dream car that i wasn't even looking for this car I was looking at other types of cars, and I kind of didn't think that this kind of car was going to come into my life until I was about 40. That's the age that I had stuck in my head when I had been successful and maybe had a nine-to-five, but because I had worked through the how of getting there and realized that I can do art, I can freelance, I can have my own business, I can make enough money to support myself. This car ended up coming through several months later after this whole process. And now I have my dream car. And this was three years ago. I'm 26. So I got it at 23. And that just that was my first really big manifestation. I will say that those come through a little bit less than the daily, like little manifestations. But if you continue with the practice, this is just proof that the more you continue, the more through rewarded and you realize and you connect with the things that are meant to be in your life. And it's not at all like ooh woo-woo or random or it is a little bit about energy. It is a little bit about that, but you have to put in the work. And it is science that the way that your brain work works really influences subconsciously what comes out into your life. And I'm only twenty six, so I know that I'm not saying this probably to the best of my ability. There's definitely a lot easier way to explain this, which is why you should go to to be magnetic, but I just wanted to share that story with you that no, it's not about the material things. life is definitely not about that at all, but you deserve to have nice things. you deserve to have things that you have dreamed about since you were little. You deserve to live your authentic life, and for me, this kind of car may seem like a luxury and it is but it did not cost like a luxury car it costed less than the car that I really kind of wanted and expected to get which was a Toyota because that's just how the car market was at the time and I got it for a really good deal because some things needed to be fixed up and I knew that I could do that easily that my dad could help me with that I'm very fortunate to have a dad who likes to work on cars and the big piece of that, in knowing that this was possible for me, was finding expanders—people who have done what you want to do and gotten what you want to get and bring into your life—and have a similar background to you. By working and doing the work, taking action, and unblocking, so taking action can look like actually going online and looking for cars. You can't just sit there and say, it'll come to me somehow. You have to kind of put in the work. So if you're manifesting a partner, you have to put yourself out there, go on dates, but be true to your authentic self. Say no if it doesn't feel right. Put up pictures that just feel very true to you that aren't photoshopped. That is taking action and not pushing it, knowing when you're pushing and maybe it doesn't feel right anymore, just taking a step back and knowing when to step back. And this is all very hard. So that's why TBM really explains this process and makes it super simple through these mindfulness meditations that I really love. And then, lastly, the unblocking part, which would be actually doing the meditations themselves and working on those limiting beliefs, such as you can't be an artist and afford a horse, you have to have a different kind of real job to have a horse. Which isn't true, because my friend has gotten her horse, I am looking for a horse, and it's just proof that you can do what you love and also afford a lifestyle that feels good for you. It is possible. You just have to find the right expanders and the people that reflect that and show that to you. But with that, I'm going to sign off. Thank you for listening to this. And if you want to check out TBM, I have a discount code. Now is also the annual, huge annual sale. And what else? They're doing a challenge. They're doing the big challenge that leads up to New Year's, which I love doing. So if you want to join me in that, sign up. The links will be below. The discount will be on the screen and below as well on YouTube. So thank you for being here. And I appreciate you all. Yeah, really who's in the driver's seat and is it me or is it my fear and keeping yourself honest? um, I also feel like maybe our spending habits and when we get headaches or get really thirsty or find our thoughts trailing off when we're meditating and taking a minute to look in deeper at ourselves, it's kind of like a protective response. And I've Figured out personally that trying to reframe to a more positive, like, oh, this might feel like a negative reaction, but it's just my body trying to protect me. And it makes me feel more like sweet and like, oh, that's so cute. My body's trying to protect me so that I don't have to look at the hard stuff. And instead, it's kind of like parenting yourself, where it's like, okay, this might be a little hard, but it'll become a lot easier and build that resilience. Um, I think one of the things that I really like to talk about is the why behind things before taking action. Because sometimes when I think of finances, I'll think of my future self and, oh, if I save, then I'm taking care of my elderly self. Um, Would you agree with that? And what, maybe if you have a why behind that keeps you going, would you mind sharing that?
1: I think my answer to this question has changed a little and mm-hmm. it's changing as I get older. Um I do think about my older self and at the same time, I'm really aware of what's possible for me in this moment. I'm aware of my capacity in this moment. Mm. So I, For example, I'm very interested in how I earn money, if it feels sustainable to me, if it feels like I'm waking up into a life I like every day. Mm. The math is important, too. The math is real. The math keeps us in check. So there's a kind of dance there for me. It's not just black and white, like, yep, got to do whatever it takes for my future self. I've learned that the reality is that I want to have a certain quality of life. I want to have work that is meaningful. Mm. I want to feel a certain way in my day. I want to have room to look after myself, Mm. to care for my body, to breathe, to think. So handing my body over to a company system place that doesn't support my life is fine in the short term that's how i got out of debt <laughs> it's fine i have no argument against that but long term is it sustainable and i would say in my own life no
0: mm.
1: so there's a there's a complexity there there's a nuance there to right. the question of money survival meaningful work, and the relationships that make giving and receiving money possible. Mm. And that's what I'm exploring in my own life, in my writing, with my clients, etc. cetera. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's a wonderful point. Yeah, that, that kind of goes back to how I was feeling when I had Crohn's. It just felt impossible, the idea of going to a nine-to-five being under fluorescent lighting all day, worrying about, am I going to get fired if I don't do this one thing right? Or I don't know. I just feel like it's very hard to find a place where it'll bring joy into your life. And I don't think jobs are meant to be easy all the time. But I think if you really enjoy what you're doing, or if you have a plan, or you're supported by people who want to see you thrive and know that you might not necessarily be a fit there your entire life it was so hard to find in the short period of time where i was looking at jobs in college it was so hard to find someone or a boss or a potential coworker that looked at the future and not just how can you help us right now and I was talking to a friend last night and she was sharing, she started a new job. She was a teacher and she was so burnt out. And she started this new job in this company gives them, she's like, I have trouble filling all of my breaks because they want us to take a lot of breaks because they know that if I'm burnt out, then I'm not going to do a good job. And I, I was like, wow, that's so rare. And I'm hoping that that's changing, but I agree. Like looking at the future and also the now and how it's serving you now and how it again it feels in your body is so important
1: yeah i love what you just said i i will say i have a little more hope now i didn't <laughs> have a lot of great experiences personally necessarily but as i get older i have more friends and colleagues who are in leadership who have mm-hmm. a progressive outlook who are thinking about people as whole people as they hire people and as they build teams. And I'm so encouraged by that. So maybe it's not the norm, but it's out there. It's possible to find a team, a place where you can live and breathe and thrive and do your best work and all that stuff. I do think that part of that conversation is, are you, do you have the inner strength mentality wherewithal to draw boundaries when it's scary? You're afraid that if you say no, or if you set a boundary with this person who is above you in the hierarchy, that you might lose your job, right? You can't eat. So those kinds of dynamics are really interesting to me. It's not just about, it is about math. I love math. (laughs) And it is about that. And there are these other underpinning issues. Like, okay, I I got a job. Great. I've been searching for a job or a client, even if you're self-employed or whatever it is. I got this thing I've been wanting. Great. Now what? They ask me to meet with them on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Mm. Oh, they want me to do this. They want me to do that. There's supposedly this deadline and, you know, I've seen so many deadlines pushed for so many random reasons. I'm very skeptical of deadlines. But anyway, (laughs) there's a story about how there's a deadline and you have to throw your whole, you know, all your integrity out the window. Mm. So those kinds of things are, are part of the conversation about what makes money possible, what makes certain kinds of income and opportunities sustainable. For a particular person, because all of us have bodies, all of us have health issues, all of us have preferences, all of us have gifts, Mm. and we have to kind of wade through the jungle of all that, you know, it's like going through the forest in the dark, we have to figure out where we stand with these things, and we have to figure out how we can take little chances so that we can preserve our dignity and our integrity because there will be so many situations in each person's life where they have to go, no. And it's really scary to just say, I'm not doing that because you're afraid you'll lose the thing, the opportunity, the job, the client, the, the, the way the person perceives you, whatever it is. And that's part of what I also had to explore when I was writing Trust Yourself with Money, is just that notion of being really um, devoted to being perceived a certain way and having that kind of run my actions. Mm -hmm. You know, so back to the embodiment piece and the somatic piece, when you feel what you're feeling in your body, you build capacity for being able to stand in discomfort this person may not like this. This person may not approve of this. Am I willing to stand in that and have a conversation, still have a conversation with that person?
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And I think too, if anything, standing up for yourself, it shows you that you're standing up for yourself and it, it builds that confidence in you and yourself and that I I think we need to learn how to maybe prioritize our own experience over continuing a narrative that maybe it'll just continue to not help others. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, I think when I stand up for myself, it, it doesn't feel great. But then afterwards, it, it, then I'm like, oh, well, I, I did that for myself and look at me go and, <laughs> Now I I feel like it it builds, it it adds to that resilience piece.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pleasure in being approved of. So it doesn't feel good. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't always feel good to be out in the cold with no sweater. You know, like, oh no, they don't like me. Oh no. And so it, it is building a muscle to maintain a connection with another human being maintain a relationship and still tell the truth that's not easy yeah but I think it's worth practicing and it's worth working on and it's a really in my opinion a very important element of having a satisfying life Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to work Mm -hmm. because like my mom always said, let them tell you no, you know, like, why not ask for you want? Let them tell you no. And that's how people approach us. It's like, well, maybe she'll do it. Maybe if I ask her to show up on Saturday at 8 a.m., maybe she'll say yes. That's true. <laughs> you know, and then you say yes, and they're like, oh, she went for it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's kind of like, why not have a conversation? It's scary to um, risk approval. So it takes practice.
0: Right. And it's not necessarily black and white either. Like, oh, I don't really want to work on Saturday mornings. I mean, if you truly might not care and you might want to take a weekday off, maybe that person is having a really difficult time and needs to watch their kids. And that's the only day truly that they have available. Then that's like when I think, yeah, a conversation is so important because then you can kind of get to the bottom of that versus maybe they're pushing for it just out of convenience. And then in which case, if it really is not going to make you happy and you want your weekends off to be with your own family, then hold that boundary and and don't do it. So, yeah, I don't. That's a great point. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That's a great point that there aren't broad external rules that apply to everyone. But the question is, are my boundaries being broken and what am I going to do about it? Yeah, there's a little twinge I get in my back, in my shoulder blade when something's a little off. Speaking of somatic awareness, and I might be writing a message or listening to something or whatever it is. And when I get that little twinge, it's like, oh, integrity, what's going on, <laughs> you know? And so to understand and get to know, I am here, I am reacting to things. I have feelings, I have needs. Those things sound so simple, but so easy for that stuff to, it's easy to forget that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, for that stuff to kind of go out the windows. Cause it's like, I need this bag of money. Hmm. And we do need the bag of money. And we also need to survive in many other ways. So one of the things I'm doing in my own life now is uncoupling the conversations about self-worth and shame from the conversations about money. And -hmm. I think that's going to be a years long endeavor. (laughs) But that's kind of where my head is at now. It's like, okay. Why do I feel this way about that thing?
0: Well, that is it for now, lovelies. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more tips and to join our online community off the podcast, follow Lovely Digest on Instagram and Emily Beck on YouTube. The links will be below. To join our email community and get notified of new discounts, tips, and resources, follow the link in the show notes. If you thought this was helpful or know if it might help a friend, please make sure to share it, and if you feel inclined, leave a review. It helps get these tips in front of the people who may really benefit from this community we have here. See you next week!